So, I have had an amazing summer. I have had possibly one of the best summers of my entire life. It all started in June when me, Laura, and Beth, and some other friends of ours, we went to the Glastonbury Festival, uh, which is the best festival in the world. Uh, hung out with a few people like Adele and Coldplay. When I say hung out, they stood on a stage and we stood not on the stage and watched them. Um, but it was brilliant. It was amazing. Uh, then uh, we went to New Wine. Um, give me a whoop if you went to New Wine. Yeah, a bunch of us and some young leaders went to New Wine. It was amazing. It's a Christian conference round the corner from where Glastonbury happens. Um, but loads of, loads of families and young people and children there, there to meet with God. God was doing amazing stuff. Loads of people from Zion went. It was amazing. Uh, then at the end of that week, uh, I shut off a little bit early uh, because my sister went and got married, uh, which was very exciting. Laura was a bridesmaid. Um, looked hot, but I looked hotter in my suit. Um, I was definitely hot because it was a boiling day. Um, but it was an amazing day. Um, then uh, the next thing that happened in our lives that was great, Soul Survivor. Oh yeah, Soul Survivor with Resound was amazing, uh, we had a great time, um, a particular highlight for me was the day that we had a water fight, that was so good, that was like, we took, on, so basically the, the afternoon happened, no one really went to seminars that afternoon, but we'll look over that one, um, but that, that day was, we went to the morning meeting, then we came back, All the, we played football against another church, uh, and we won 5-4, despite an own goal from me. Um, then we went on the slip and slide, and George broke his bum, um, which was fun. And then we had a massive water fight. It was absolutely incredible. If you are in year eight, next summer you can come to Soul Survivor with us, which is very exciting. Um, and then, when I was at Soul Survivor, my mate texted me, who kind of tours with a DJ, and he texted me and said, do you want free tickets to... V to V Festival, and I was like, yeah. And like Justin Bieber and Rihanna were headlining, and I was like, yeah, I'll have free tickets. Not only were they free tickets, they were VIP backstage tickets. So me and Laura got to go backstage at V Festival. We met Craig David. Well, I say we met, I got told off by his manager, um, because literally we were backstage, he was seconds from going on stage, and I stood there, and he was like behind me, and I was like, Think of the likes you'll get on Instagram if you get a selfie with him. And I, know, I knew I wasn't supposed to, but I just went, Craig, selfie, yes. And his manager absolutely had a go at me and told me off. I was like, I'm really sorry. But I wasn't really. I was just excited to get a selfie with Craig David. And then Laura and I were in Wales. It's been an amazing summer. But what happens is you have an amazing summer, and then you hit September, and you go, oh, back to school, back to work. And it can feel like you're coming down a mountain. Has anyone ever climbed a mountain? The view on top of a mountain is amazing, isn't it? But as you come down, the view gets worse and worse and worse until you get back in the car and you're faced with the headrest in front of you. It's not a nice view, is it? And often when we hit September, it can be like you're coming down a mountain. And there's this moment in the Bible where Jesus is with a f just a couple of his disciples and they go up this mountain and they have 
an incredible experience. And it's in Luke 9. We would normally put it on the screen, but we couldn't get the Bible to work this morning. The Bible was broken. Not the entire Bible, just the Bible that's on our computer is broken. But we'll get it fixed for the next threads. But it happens in Luke 9, 28 to 37. Uh, you can read it later if you don't believe me. Um, but it says this, about eight days after Jesus was speaking, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. That is pretty freaky, isn't it? Two men, Moses and Elijah, they're some old school Bible characters, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. That is weird, right? Jesus goes, right, boys, we're going to go up a mountain and we're going to pray. And then they start praying and Jesus' face starts to change. And then his clothes just go like white and start flashing. And then two old geezers from the Bible appear in glorious splendor. Imagine if you were like Peter, James, or John. You'd be like, what? You'd be taking Instagram selfies, wouldn't you? Um, And it says this, they spoke about Jesus' departure, which he was about to bring into fulfillment at Jerusalem. They basically talked about Jesus. You're going to die in a bit. And he's like, yeah, no. Um, Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, which two geezers who you thought were dead suddenly appearing would wake you up, wouldn't they? Um, They saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one one for you, Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Then the Bible drops in a little thing that I love. Then it goes in brackets. He did not know what he was saying. I love that. The, the, the Bible felt it was necessary to go, Peter was being a bit of an idiot there, just so you know. Um, and then it says this, while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down the mountain, a large crowd met them. I'm going to pick that up later. You can understand that bit where where the Bible basically says Peter was a bit of an idiot and didn't know what he was saying. You can understand why Peter would do that. Why he says, right, Jesus, I've got an idea. Let's build a shelter and let's have one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. And let's live here forever. Like, I know some of you, and I was a little bit like it as well. Like, when, when you come home from things like Soul Survivor, you go, why can't life be like Soul Survivor, where we camp forever? No, no one was up for camping forever. But, you know, when you come home from a holiday and you go, oh, I just wish life was like this. I wish life involved being on holiday all the time. I know coming back from Wales, we were like, oh... I just wish that that life involved going for a little walk with the dog and then sitting in a coffee shop and having a a cake and then watching a film and playing games with your friends. I wish that was my entire life, but it's not. And you've got to come down from the mountain at some point, but you can understand. We've all had those moments where we want to stay somewhere forever, haven't we? We've all had those moments where we go, I want to stay here forever. You can't blame Peter for being like that. But Often we think that God's closer to us when we're up a mountain. 
we can feel like if we go to something that, that we feel like we've really connected with God at things like Soul Survivor or New Wine and the Excel Weekend Away or whether you went on a camp with your, with your family or, or something, but you've had a moment where you think, I feel really close to God and then it feels like you come down a mountain and you feel like, I just don't feel like God's close anymore. You can feel like when we enter a valley, where's God? Where on earth is God in what's going on? And you know, if you're not a Christian this morning, I want you to know that God's not just with you in the high points, but he's there in your low points as well. Now, if you're a Christian or not a Christian, you know, whatever you're going through in life, you might be absolutely loving your life right now. You might have been, yeah, school was 10 out of 10. I love it. I love school. I love my life. I love my family. I love my friends. I'm having a great time. Do you know God's with you in that? And God is celebrating in that. Or you might have been one of the people that's gone, actually, my life's about a zero to a one out of ten right now. And, you know, I hate school. I feel like I've got no friends. I don't, I don't enjoy life. I feel really sad all the time. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Do you know God's with you? Because God's not just the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valleys as well. And God wants to walk with you day in, day out and says, I'm with you. I'm in there with your, with your low points and your high points. But you can understand why Peter wants to stay on top of the mountain. This week, I read an article in the Lad Bible. Does anyone else follow Lad Bible on like Twitter or Instagram? They're really funny. I like a lot of the stuff that they put out. Occasionally, they're a little bit rude. So I'm not saying you should follow them, but I do. Um, but I found this article on the Lad Bible this week, and it was about a woman who wants her goal in life is to become the fattest woman in the world. Uh, yeah, a few people have seen it. I watched, I watched the video. Don't watch the video. Um, but she, she, her goal in life is to be the fattest woman in the world. She, she dreams about being so fat that she can't get out of bed. Like, I had a big meal last night, and I felt like I couldn't get out of bed this morning. But I don't want to spend my life doing that. Talk about hashtag goals for life. Do you know what I mean? Like, her, her aim, she oh, is so weird. Yes, yes, she is American as well, by the way, just in case you were wondering. Um, her, goal, her goal is to be 70 stone. She's currently 50 stone. Her boyfriend, her boyfriend spends his days cooking food, blending it and feeding it to her through a funnel. It is horrific. Right, here is, here is what she eats on an average day. Okay, this is... Per day, what she eats. Check this out. She eats six sausages in a bread roll, a bowl of sugary cereal, four McChicken sandwiches, four double cheeseburgers, a large French fries, macaroni cheese, 30 chicken nuggets, a Taco Bell. I'm hoping that that's just a meal and not an entire store of Taco Bell. Um, six scones, two weight gain shakes, and a gallon of ice cream. A gallon. By the way, the weight gain shakes include 10 Pop-Tarts, weight gain powder, and a load of, a load of ice cream, totaling 3,500 calories. Yeah, I know, yeah, I thought there'd be way more calories. But you know what? I bet you, after all of that, she still orders a Diet Coke. Have you ever been with someone? I'll have, I'll have two Big Macs and large fries and a Diet Coke because I'm on a diet. Like, it's ridiculous, isn't it? 
She, she eats so much. And her goal is to consume, consume, and consume and become the fattest person in the world. And I was reading this article. Guys, stay with me. I was reading this article and I was grossed out by it. And I was thinking, how can somebody live like this? And then I felt God speak to me. And I felt like God say, there is so many Christians that are like that woman. Now, I'm not saying that if you're a Christian this morning, your goal in life is to be the fattest person in the world. That is not what I'm saying. But, you know, some of us, our aim as a Christian is we want to come to church and we want to consume. And we want to come to, to things like Soul Survivor and we want to consume. We come to Life Group and we consume and we consume and we consume and we go, this is all for me. I'm going to learn about God. I'm going to learn about the character of God. I'm going to see what God can do for me. And we keep consuming and consuming and consuming. And in the end, all that does for us is it makes us fat Christians. You see, food is designed for us to enjoy, but also to give us energy so that we can live our life. And you know, church, threads, life group, soul survivor, excel weekend away, new wine is all there for you to enjoy and for you to get closer to God. But it's there so that you can live out the life that God is calling you to live. And live out the life that God is calling you to live and to thrive in as well. You know, I'd love that woman to share some of what she eats, but she eats it all herself. You know, there are, there are people that you sit next to in your class, in your form, that don't know Jesus. You know, if you're a Christian this morning, God has put his hope in you for you to be a hope carrier. For you to carry his hope to your friends that don't know him. You know, if, if you would say that you're not a Christian this morning, God has, God's hope for you is not just that he wants, he wants you to know that he loves you, although he does, he absolutely loves you, but God has, God has got a destiny for you to fill. God wants you to play a part in his story, and he invites us all to play a part in his story. And all of us, Jesus says, if we're followers of him, we're called to be carriers of hope. And he says this, in Matthew 5, verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking. He says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. People don't put a lamp, uh, people don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everybody in the room. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do you know this morning, if you know Jesus, if you would call yourself a Christian, the Bible says, and Jesus said, please don't hide it. Don't hide it from people. Don't, don't shy away from it. Share it. Let everybody know. And that might be quite intimidating for you. But, you know, you don't, you don't get a lamp or, or a light in your bedroom and, and put it on and then put your duvet over it so no one sees it. You put a light on because you want the room to be illuminated, don't you? And, you know, God has put his light and his hope in you so that you can go and tell other people about it. You know, it's great that we've got so many people here this morning. But there are hundreds more young people out there in Hales Owen that don't know him. And Jesus wants us to go and share his hope 
with those people, with the people that we, say, that we sit next to in class. You know, Jesus didn't come to solve your problems. Jesus came to give you hope and for you to become a hope carrier. Jesus has got a destiny for you to fulfill. He's got a plan for your life. He's saying, come and be a part of my story, and I've got an amazing role for you to play in my story. You know, your, your story is, is different to my story. Your destiny that God has got for you is different to my destiny. You connect with people that I will never see. God's got a plan for you to connect with those people. God's got a plan and a destiny for you to fulfill in the, in the classrooms that you sit in tomorrow in the clubs and the dance groups that you go to and the football teams that you're a part of. God's got a destiny for you to fulfill in those. You know, Jesus and the disciples, they come down the mountain, don't they? They have this amazing experience where Jesus' clothes get washed and they're suddenly brilliant white and they have this amazing experience. And they come down the mountain and it says right at the end, the next day they come down and they're met by a crowd. And if you read on through, through the book of Luke, Jesus does amazing things and, and people meet with him and people get healed and all this kind of crazy stuff happens when they come down the mountain. Because the mountaintop experiences are there to give us fuel for the valleys. You know, I was really encouraged uh, when I came back from Soul Survivor. I was absolutely buzzing. I was like, God's done loads. Oh, it's amazing. Just need to see now what it means for us day in, day out. And I heard a story of one of, one of our guys who, who came with us to a soul survivor. And she was prayed, to get the, prayed for to get the gift of healing. She responded and said, I, I want God to give me the gift of healing so that when I pray for people, I might see them get healed. And I, I got to pray with this person and, and nothing really happened. She just went, mm, yeah, yeah, maybe. And I said, the key is, the only way to find out whether God's given you the gift of healing is to act on it. And to try it out. And this was on the last night of Soul Survivor. And the next day we got home and I, and I heard that she got home and her mum had said, oh, I've really hurt my wrist. And she went, mum, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Because my, my, I, I think God might, might have given me the gift of healing and I want to pray for you. That's the mountaintop experience that fuels you for the valley. Guys, we can do it. It involves stepping out. God's, God's equipped you for it. Or it might be that, you know, I was chatting to some, some of you last week about you're excited about the next threads that's in the evening because you've already started inviting your friends. Guys, you can do it. You can step out and invite your friends to the next threads that's happening two weeks today in the evening. I would love to see your friends. And do you know what? Right, Nave, I'm going to embarrass you here. Um, but Nathan, over the last two years, has consistently invited his friends. Consistently, time after time, invited his friends. They've hardly turned up and hardly said yes. But Nathan has done the bit that he was asked to do, and that was invite. The worst thing that when you invite your friends to church or to threads, the worst thing that can happen is that they'll say no. The best thing that could happen is they might say, yes, come along to Threads, get involved in Life Group, and their life be transformed forever, and they become a carrier of hope like you are. You know, you don't have to be a super Christian to do this stuff. You don't have to be all sorted. You don't have to have it all right. I was, 
I um, was away in Northern Ireland on Monday and Tuesday with some of the leaders of the church, and we were visiting a church um, in Northern Ireland that's doing amazing stuff. And they told us that that last week they t- took a group of 10 and 11-year-olds, so that's, if you're in Excel, that's your age, they took a group of them out onto the streets of their town, a town that's a similar size as Hales Owen. And what they did is they got those 10 and 11-year-olds to pray for people, to pray for strangers. Adults went with them, obviously. Um, But they just said to people, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. If if God could do one miracle in your life, what would you want him to do? And people were saying things like, well, actually, I've got a really bad back. Or, you know, I'd love to be able to talk to my brother because we've fallen out. People were sharing all these kinds of stuff. And they would pray for them, and then they would say, um, okay, what do you think the greatest miracle is that God could do for you? And they go, oh, I don't know. And they would tell them. 10 and 11-year-olds would tell them about what God did on the cross and how he died and how that he wants to be in relationship with us. You know, that group of 10 and 11-year-olds led 29 adults to Jesus on one Saturday morning. It's so good. Guys, you don't have to be a super Christian to follow God in the valley, to see God at work. You know, at the end of New Wine, um, we had to shoot off. It was the last session. Um, Laura and I had to had to get off quickly because we were we were going to be driving up to Liverpool as quick as we could to get up for my sister's wedding. Um, and the session finished, the last session finished, and I was like, right, I need to go, need to go, need to go. Right, where's Laura? Laura, oh, Laura's praying for someone, typical. Um, I was getting really annoyed, I was getting stressed. Then this group of uh, teenagers stopped me. Laura and I lead the um, 14 to 18s venue at New Wine. So we'd had a venue of around 700 young people with us, and we'd been doing a lot of the stuff on stage. And this, this group of three teenage girls stopped me. And they said, oh, Andy, this week's been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been really encouraging. I'm like, yeah, yeah, great, great, for real, because I need to go. And they were like, oh, can, can we pray for you, Andy? And I was like, yeah, if you must. Like, I was like, I've got to be a good youth worker, haven't I? I can't say no to teenagers that want to pray for me. So I was like, yeah, yeah, pray for me. And they prayed three of the longest prayers I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I was like, yeah. And they said, amen. And I was like, right, let's go. And as they said, amen, they went, one of them went, Andy, I've got a picture for you. And shared, shared like a, a, a word that they felt God was, God was uh, showing them. And I was like, wow, that's really accurate. And then the second girl went, Andy, actually, I believe God's showing me this and this and this. And started, started explaining this story to me. And I was like, wow, that is really how I'm feeling right now. And then the third girl went and got... I think God's showing me this picture. And the picture that she shared with me was something that I had said to Laura almost word for word about six weeks before. And I was like, there is no way that she could have known that I said that. And I was like, wow. And this was three 14-year-old girls who stopped me and said, Andy, can we pray for you? And we're open to being hope carriers. Guys, if you're a Christian this morning, you are a carrier of hope. It's possible for you to step out and see God move in your life. It's possible for you to step out and see God move in your mates' lives. Lives, lives that was really bad English. You know, I um, when I was a kid, I used to watch 
a TV program on Nickelodeon. Does Nickelodeon still exist? Yeah, good, <laughs> good. Um, and it was called Inside Out Boy. Does anyone remember Inside Out Boy? Man, I'm so old. Even Laura doesn't remember it. Um, I'm going to show you a clip of Inside Out Boy. Um, this is the opening credits of Inside Out Boy. Right, so it was terrible, okay? I want you to know that I know Inside Out Boy was terrible. It's a terrible concept about a boy who swung over the bar too far and became inside out. But here's the thing, right? I was thinking about this this week. And what we want to do as the youth work at Zion Christian Center is we want to find a way to get people who are outside the church in. And that involves you guys. And that that's why we run Hub on Friday nights. That's why we're doing Threads. Because we want the people who, who are far from God, who don't know Jesus, we want them to come from the outside in. But do you know where it starts? With those who are on the inside going out. It's those who are already in. Who are already Christians. Who are already on the inside of this building going out. I would love it if we all became like Inside Out Boy, not going around with no pants on, um, but going from the inside out. Tomorrow, as you go to school, see yourself as Inside Out Boy or Inside Out Girl, if that you're going from the inside of what God is doing in this church to out into the community so that you can pull some of your mates who are on the outside and go, guys, God is doing, God's amazing. God's done this in my life. Do you know, I, I've seen this. I've seen God do this. God, I, I'm really enjoying it. Do you know, we, we've got this weird youth worker at our church who's bald and speaks with a funny accent, but he's actually quite fun. You should come and meet him, and you should come to Threads, and you should come to Life Group, and you should come to Hub. Guys, we want to see more people from the outside come in, but we want to see more of the people from the inside going out. Because we are called to be hope carriers. And what is the hope? The hope is this, that God loves you for who you are, that he's desperate to connect with you and our friends, that he's, he's knocking on the door of your heart and saying, would you let me in? God loves you. God wants you to play a part in his story. God says, I've got a destiny for you to fulfill. Would you close your eyes for me? Um, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. We're going to do two things. The first thing is I want to give you an opportunity to stand and say, God, would you make me a carrier of hope? I want to become inside out boy or inside out girl. And I want to go from the inside out to my friends and carry the message of hope. In a moment, I'm going to ask those people to stand and we're going to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask you to sit down again and then we're going to do another response. And the second response is for those of you that feel like you're in a valley, that you feel like, maybe you felt like you, you've been in a valley for an awful long time. 
that it's not just since the summer, but you feel like life is rubbish at the moment and you're really struggling and you feel like you need God to connect with you in the valley. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're not going to do anything weird. No one's going to come around and lick your face or anything strange like that. We're just going to pray for you. Okay, so with every eye closed, the first one, if you want to say, God, I want to be a carrier of hope. I want to be inside out boy and inside out girl. And it starts with this first brave step. I want to invite you to stand if that's you. And don't just stand because other people are standing. Stand because you're saying, God, I, I, I want to be a carrier of hope. So if that's you, stand. I want to pray over you. If you're standing up, um, I find in these moments it's helpful to close my eyes and I put my hands out in front of me, not because that's some magical formula for God to work, um, but I close my eyes to stop me getting distracted and I put my hands out in front of me in in a position to say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear from you. So if you're stood up, just close your eyes and put your hands out in front of you and I'm going to pray over you. God, I thank you for these people that have stood and said that they they want to be inside out boy and inside out girl. God, I thank you that you call us to be carriers of hope. God, I pray right now that you would you would pour into them courage and boldness. God, I pray that you would pour into them uh, the words that they need to say. God, I pray that you would help them to fall more in love with you. God, I pray right now that you would be putting in their minds some of their friends that don't know you. The people that they share a classroom with, the people that they share a football team with or a dance group with. God, would you put those people into their hearts that that you're asking them to pray for. And God, I pray that you would give them perseverance as well. When their friends say no, which they may well do. When they feel discouraged, when people take the mickey out of them for being a Christian, God, would you give them perseverance? Would you give them the determination to continue to be in a hope hope carrier? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can sit down. I'm going to move on to the second one, and I I realize that this is really brave. In fact, we're going to do it differently from what I said. Um, What we're going to do is um, we're going to sing. We're going to sing Set a Fire. because it's a great song, but also it speaks about set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. 
and it's that sense of carrying hope. We're going to sing that together. But if you're someone who feels like you're in a valley and you feel like, man, I'm just struggling with life and I, I need to know and know that God is with me in this valley. If that's you, what I'm going to ask is, or invite you to is, is go to the back. And some of the youth team will be going to the back as well. Um, in fact, if all of the youth team, apart from me, can go to the back when we, when we stand. And they're going to be about to pray for you. Again, I promise you, they're not going to do anything weird. If they do do anything weird, come and tell me and I'll fire them. Um, I don't know how you can fire a volunteer. But, um, but we just want to stand with you and say, we, we want to acknowledge that this time in your life is a valley. And we want to stand with you and pray for you. And we want you to know that God is with you. So if that's you, when we start singing, head to the back. So why don't we stand together? Let's all stand. And I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you that you've been speaking to us this morning. I thank you that you've been challenging us, God. I pray that as we sing the words of this, this song, God, would you, would you do something in us that would would set a fire in us, God. Would you, would you help us to be those hope carriers that I've talked about? And God, I pray that as people respond to the second response, God, I pray um, that your Holy Spirit would really be working and you would meet with people in that as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.